Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. And welcome, everybody, to Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast, podcast number 196. So on our way to the magical big, big, big show of 200. So that's seven, eight, nine, four more to go. Uh, and he's going to run out like of fingers getting, if he keeps this up. <laughs> we're getting out of the uh, COVID uh, quarantine. Um, we are on this No Church Answers Tour. And so we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas. So grab a globe, spin it around, bang. Not sure where you ended up. Find Texas, out southeast side of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland. Like I said before, we are almost out of the COVID quarantine. But until that point in time, we were in undisclosed locations around Sugarland. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys. Uh, each of us on our own spiritual journey. So you may have found us on SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. We'd like to invite you to visit our YouTube channel, which is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men, where you can also find some recent podcasts, learn more about the background of our great panel. Also be sure to visit our website, which is at www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. Professor Robert Koshu, he's been posting weekly meditations on Lent, and you'll want to go ahead and check that out. So at this point in time, I want to go ahead and introduce our panel, uh, world-class policy writer and a bit of a professional gambler. He's also our producer, Mr. Steve Titch. Hello, Steve, Steve. Titch. Hey, hey. Hey. Uh, attorney and former prosecutor, we call him the judge, Michael Cropper is here. Hi, Mike. Hello, Hello Bill. Thank you, guys. Uh, corporate trainer and theologian Robert Koshu, the professor, is here as well. Hey, Hello, Robert. Robert. Hey, Robert. And on the road, so not here, is uh, insurance broker and deacon Kyle Trahan. Hi, Kyle. Hey, Hi, Hi Kyle. Kyle. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Kyle. No, we, we have agreed to make opinion statements for him if we can think of them. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. If I say anything wrong, just remember my name is Kyle Trahan. You know? <laughs> um, basically, what we do here, this is Man Up Spiritual Voices for Men's podcast. We are not pastors. We're just regular guys. Guys, and I'm, and we say that every week. And we're on the No Church Answers Tour. But before we get started, I just want to make sure that everybody knows that not that church answers are necessarily bad. There's times like this last week, I appreciated the fact that someone just gave me right to my face a church answer. Because, you know, at times, that's all I really needed to keep moving on. But we are each men here. And there comes a time when the rubber meets the road and it's a no church answers tour. And that's what you get weekly from man up spiritual oasis for men. We are in, uh, we used various publications uh, for our show and we've been going through the study of Philippians 
And this is a text by Baptist Way Press called Connect 360. And this particular one is titled Pure Joy. So at this time, I'm gonna go ahead and get a uh, brief overview from each of the panel members and start with uh, our producer, Mr. Steve Ditch. Well, thank you, Bill. We're getting close to the end of Philippians and Paul is beginning to wrap up. And uh, here he talks about what, what we, we talk a lot about in church and a lot about a Christian living, living in the world, but not of the world. And um, we are, as Christians, we are or should be citizens of heaven. This is what Paul says we are. We are claimed by God. We belong to God now. We have, we have, uh, uh, we have surrendered ourselves to the Lord. Uh, but even though we're citizens of heaven, we live here in this world. And so we have to deal with the values and customs of this world. We're kind of in a foreign land in its own way. We're in alien territory now. Uh, but we've also look forward to not only our citizenship in heaven, but this unification of heaven and earth. What, what, what many Christians sometimes forget and what often people who are not Christians believe that the Bible ends with the destruction of the world. It does not. It ends with the, a, a grand unification of heaven and earth and the, the elimination of all evil and sin on earth and this great reunification with God. So in a way, we, we've got two, two jobs here. We, we certainly are here and we should be uh, bringing others to Christ, uh, bringing, uh, bringing the, the gospel to the people of this world, but we also should be preparing this world for this unification, for this kingdom. And we, uh, this, this is kind of where this lesson goes. Excellent. Uh, Judge Michael yeah. Cropper. Thank you, Bill. Yeah, Steve, that was great. Uh, yeah, really, there's two things that are, are central to this, this set of scriptures. And folks, Bill is going to read it in a minute. It's Philippians again, uh, 3, 17 through 21. If you want to turn your Bible there and look. Uh, the two things are mentoring and citizenship, and, and, and Steve did a great job of describing those particular subjects. Uh, yeah, I'm touching on for a moment mentors, heroes, teachers of the church. We all have people who we admire and we look up to in our lives. As Baptists in our theology, most of us have a great respect and admiration for Billy Graham. He's courteous, kind, friendly, careful, confident in his speech. My mother happened to love him, and she would listen to him and his crusades on TV. Now, although I wasn't a Christian, when I first heard him speak, I listened because my mother listened, and she loved him, and I love my mother and respect her. As far as attorneys, I do have favorite successful attorneys whom I have met and I admire. One of those happens to be David Hodgins. He was a uh, counsel for the Stafford School District. When I was on the school board, he was kind, courteous, extremely knowledgeable. And then you have Gerald Treese, you may see on TV from time to time. He's a, he's a dean at South Texas College of Law. He is also kind, courteous, and extremely knowledgeable. And you know what? It doesn't help that both of those attorneys are Christians. Now, Robert has mentioned some of his favorite authors, and he often, quote, he often quotes them in our podcast. And it's really clear that when he speaks about them, he has a great deal of respect for them. Bill, Bill often shares very catchy advice 
he received from his dad and his grandfather. And it's obvious too that Bill has a great love for his dad and his grandfather uh, with some of the phrases he shares. So what do all these have in common? Well, they're all mentors to us, mentors to us. In today's podcast, Paul is going to tell the Philippians to imitate him and not walk like other church members who take pride in doing acts of shame. Bill, back to you. Excellent. Professor, your yes. overview. So this is all about, as Steve said, it's all about citizenship. But more importantly, it's we talk about how we're called to be in the world, but not of the world. And that's really a struggle that a lot of Christians have because for us to do the job we've been given, share the gospel, love the unloved, serve and minister to the downtrodden, we have to be out in the world. And quite frankly, out in the world can be a little on the scary side periodically. You know, if, if anybody watched the Grammys on Sunday night, I did not. I heard stories. I YouTubed and wasn't sure if I was looking at a TV show or if I'd gone down to one of the little clubs that I have never frequented. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I have never gone to one uh, down the freeway a bit. Um, the world can be scary, but we still have to exist within it in order to season it. We're called to be salt of the earth. We have to season it. And this scripture really addresses our citizenship in heaven, but it also causes us to reflect back on how we are to engage the culture as we move on. And so that's one of the purposes of this. And as Paul, as Steve said, rather, Paul's getting to the point where he's wrapping up. So he's really trying to hit home the hard pieces with this as he looks at it. Excellent. Uh, before I uh, before I get into the uh, scripture reading, I just kind of wanted to throw out um, a theme that I thought um, discipline um, about this scripture and the discipline to change. People don't have to be taught how to be selfish. All you have to do is just look at a child, okay? People have to be taught to be generous. They have to be taught the value of truth. Things, uh, you know, you, you whether whether like like Mike said, you know, of course, my being from a farm, my grandfather and my dad were very influential with me because I worked with them. So they were they were my mentors, um, but also um, I, I think the underlying to me theme that a lot of people miss is the fact that a person has to have discipline. It's plain simple. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to read uh, the scripture. This is Philippians three seventeen seventeen through twenty one. Brothers, join in imitating me. And keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. And they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven. 
and from it we await a savior the lord jesus christ who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself and i'm reminded of the time when there was something that i wanted really bad and all I could in life was focus on it when I was a kid. And, and, and suddenly I got it. I finally got it. And then I, I wrecked it the next day. <laughs> you, know you know what I'm saying? And, and the thing about it is you find out how temporal possession and things are. And and, and I think you have to go either go around the block a couple of times by yourself or really respond to a, what a mentor is telling you to avoid things like that in life. But I think those are the kind of lessons you only learn on your own. And with that, we're going to go around, uh, around, around the horn. Um, Mr. Steve Titch. This mentoring aspect, I think, is very important, especially... Uh, for us as fathers and um, employers, bosses, supervisors, but especially family members, because that's where modeling that discipline comes in. Uh, if your child sees you uh, flying off the handle at every frustration, they're going to think that's appropriate. That's how they're going to approach life. If they see you uh, dealing with issues in a <clears throat> mature way, uh, dealing with frustrations without uh, getting overly emotional about it, uh, and you are able to talk about that with them. Uh, different different times are appropriate for different ages, of course. That's one way of mentoring. Uh, and it's interesting this this dichotomy you put out or this balance between. What you're, gonna, what you're able to teach, uh, and, and conversely, what you're able to learn, learn. From, a, from a mentor and from experience. Often, a mentor will tell you something over and over, but you won't learn it until you make the mistake that they did. Still, absolutely. <laughs> it's true. Michael Cropper. Boy, that's a good point. I wouldn't start off with that, but you know what? Um, we're, we're mentoring all the time, right, guys? Just like you said, not only our family, of course, primary to a man up man is his family, right? First of all, is Jesus Christ and his family. And so it's absolutely primary that we're careful in how we mentor our family. But at work, we mentor all around us, even when we don't intend to, even when we don't know we're mentoring. Everybody we work with looks at us and looks to see how we're going to respond to a situation that's very stressful, very pressing. Um, even when people criticize us and, and may even call us names, uh, the, the people we work with are looking at us everywhere we go. We are on display. We are on a stage all of our life except when we get home and breathe a sigh of relief and, 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 and like, it's the only time we get a break. Uh, right now, we, we, are, we are on display, but, but you know what? We want to be too, right? As men, Bill, you've often said this, uh, we are the leaders of our group and uh, we are the spoken wheel. Uh, we are 
the rock or we that's thrown into a pond and we cause waves around us depending on how we react, react to whatever right. stress we're facing. Bill? Right. Professor? That's an interesting concept, the uh, pond, the concentric circles and the movement out, because as we affect other people around us, that movement out allows that effect to influence more and more people. And so as Bill talks about with the spoke in the wheel, we're not real sure where we are in any one story, but the more people we affect, the more we do. Mentorship, you know, we, we talked about it a couple of times during this podcast and during this series rather. And this is one of those concepts that we tend to circle back to quite frequently because it, as we've talked about, it's somewhat of a lost art the way it goes. And as we're called to be citizens of heaven, that's going to let us the mentorship aspect of being in the world is important because it lets us model the Christian life for those people around us. Um, a lot of people, you know, we, we talked last week um, about uh, reading scripture and reading the Bible in 90 days versus reading the Bible <laughs> for a year versus how often you read the Bible. Where do you read? It can be daunting, particularly if you get bogged down, you, you know, if you get bogged down to Leviticus or something. I pray for you. And so some of those pieces can bog someone down. So the standard non-Christian person, if I go up to them and tell them, in particular today's world, where even within the church, biblical literacy is a somewhat problem, even within the church, if I go up to a non-Christian and start telling him, well, you know, I was reading in the Bible today, and he's kind of like, oh, that old book, it was written by a bunch of dead guys that, you know, it was all made up, and, <laughs> you know, they came up with stories, and, you know, and I read this thing where where they found this thing, and but they kept it out because it didn't say exactly what they wanted it to, but, you know, they took that other stuff, and they put it in there, even though it had been written, and then, you know, it was written in a whole other language, so I can't read it because, you know, last time I went to church, preacher stepped there, and he said, and thou shalt not, and I was like, that's all English old English Shakespeare junk. I don't want to listen to that. And so they're not going to read the Bible. What they're going to see is you and your life and how you live your life and what you do with your life. And that is going to be the witness they see. And that's where the mentoring part comes in because they're able to see all of that through you as you move forward. Well, I think uh, we're going to get get to a break real quick, but I think one of the keys is you have to value what your mentor has in order to for that you allow that person to mentor you. Okay, and another thing about the uh, the faith walk, I I don't know about you. Actually, I do kind of know about you guys. I enjoy my faith walk. I enjoy the continued exercise and discipline of, of my faith walk and, and the places I've, I've went through it and the people I've served and the blessings I've received. This is just, it, it's been awesome and it hasn't been easy, but that doesn't diminish. As a matter of fact, it enhances the value that my faith walk has for me because it's been diff difficult at 
I mean, not all the time, but at times, certainly I've had to make sacrifices for it. And, but it's the iron that sharpens the iron. And, and sometimes that iron may not be another person. It may be a, a difficult situation or a difficult uh, choice that I have to make. That might be the iron that sharpens the iron that gets me to that next level. Um, quick story before, uh, I heard this when I, was, uh, when I was in the Navy. This guy had heard that there was a Buddhist monk hidden in a cave and he wanted to know the meaning of life. And so he trained and he worked hard and he, he not only found the place, he got all the gear, he struggled. He finally gets up to the cave and he goes, I want to know the meaning of the life of life. And the guy goes, um, what did you do to find me? If you're willing to put that much effort into one thing, put that same amount of effort into your spiritual walk, you will be rewarded. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take our first break. This is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. We will be right back. Hey, pastors and church leaders, are you looking to create an exciting program that will attract, engage, and inspire men in your congregation? Book a live Man Up Spiritual Oasis podcast for your next men's ministry event. Called authentic, gritty, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been delighting podcast listeners since 2017. We're not pastors, just regular guys willing to talk about scripture and how we can apply it to our personal faith journeys. Man Up is a refreshing alternative to predictable motivational speakers, offering your audience a chance to connect with everyday Christian men who don't settle for routine Sunday school answers. Interested in learning more? Visit man-upspiritualoasis.com or contact Bill Cox at liveshow at manupmedia.org. And now, back to the fellows of Man Up. And welcome back. It's Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. This is 196. We got four to go before the big show, and the plans are really coming together. Uh, not going to go into that, but uh, <laughs> want to get some more uh, discussion going uh, on Paul. And this, we're uh, finishing up, got a couple more lessons of Philippians. Paul is at the end of his life, and when he writes this, and I have always given more credence to men, older men that have something to say. They don't often offer up stuff, but typically when they do, you're looking at 30, 40, 50 or more years of wisdom that's been cooked down into that. And typically that is a quality nugget. I want to go around and uh, get some further discussion from the fellows and start with uh, Professor Koshu. So this, this scripture refers really back to, as you think about it, because we're talking about our dual citizenship and we're talking about our citizenship in heaven is what Paul is referring to here. But he's also referring to the way we live in the world. And I'm, I'm always drawn back to, anytime we start talking about living in the world, I'm always drawn back to Romans 12, Romans 12, 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of, the, of your mind. 
then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And it's always back to that because while we're called to be in and not of, it's all about us learning God's will and transforming ourselves to follow that will versus yes. conforming what we have to do to fit in with the world. And it is, it is a struggle. And then it is in my mind, it's becoming more of a struggle for, for people of faith because, you know, I, I, I will dismiss entirely the idea that America was ever a Christian nation, but it followed Christian values principles i would agree yeah with that. principles principles and values you know little leagues did not schedule games on sunday because it was assumed everyone was going to be in church right you know now you're going to plan your games on sunday if your kids in little league it is become much much more secular and it becomes harder for us to as, as christians and people of faith to determine where we're going to be drawing the lines. You know, where is, is it okay to miss church to go to a little league game? Is it okay to miss church because I'm going to take my family vacation? Is it okay to miss church because I woke up late and decided not to go to church? Is well, there's it- a difference between not going to church and missing church. Right. There's I agree. Okay, let's get this is the this is a fine yeah. line though. It's yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you That's miss right. church because you went to a little league game, or did you not go to church because you had to go to a little league? And and right. and it, well, it, it's a fine line, but it's also and and that's why I'm talking about it. And and there there are lots and lots of other discussions around this we can have, but it's one of those trying to make that decision on my mind's being transformed but how am i not conforming to the pattern of the world and it it's more decisions you have to make as we move forward in our faith because it's not going to be easier i can tell you that right now well, um, well i can tell you this about uh, uh, that was a great example that you brought up about missing church I think people actually have to go through it. Probably uh, when people grow up, when you go to college, you probably don't go to church much. I I didn't go all the time when I was in the military. I went, I didn't go all the time when I was in college. I still went a lot, but certainly not now. But during the pandemic, being shut out of the church and not being able to be with a church community by force taught me the value of it and what I missed about it. I'm going to give you the converse because we had this rather humorous, I wouldn't say a discussion among my family. We just kind of looked at each other and mentioned it and kind of laughed about it, but I'm sure everybody else in the same boat. Are we getting too used to watching our services on YouTube? Are we? And I know, and I think this is being talked about at our church and at other churches, um, getting people I, back on the in group. the door. Uh, and and maybe maybe some insight because I'll give you again the, the no church side of this. We say, hey, you know, we get to this sleep, is till, sleep till nine, 
Right. Set some coffee going. You know, we're still in our pajamas and sleep. We don't have to take a shower. There's no rushing out. There's none of the and 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 we're we're older. But you know, you know when your kids are young, what a production oh, is to get them out <laughs> to church. And are you 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 probably have people wondering at this. You know. Are we going to go back next week or are we going to wait another week or maybe the next week? Well, well, and another thing, our church is a prime example. I because because of my surgeries, I've had to be home, especially during COVID and, and stuff, as opposed to being on the tech team. Our our streaming service looks like a regular show. It's you're not watching some home movie. It not only is it easy because you don't have to get up, get in your car, get ready, get in your car and go, but it is so close to being like a regular show. The only difference is you really know those people and you recognize the set, but the quality of it as if, as if it's a real show, which makes it a lot more palatable uh, to sit and watch. Oh, it, it's sitting and watching, but it's also not getting to engage with other people. Go ahead, Mike. Because yeah, yeah, I'm gonna tell y'all something. Um, never really thought when I, I when I uh, when I chose to follow Christ, however you want to say it, and we talked about this, or chose to to uh, yeah to follow Christ. I was uh, uh, 20 years old, and and I can remember, and I, I think I told that a week or two ago, pad, podcast one or two past. I said I'd go to church in the morning, um, evening, and on Wednesday nights also. And I can remember at that time I played uh, I played with the church or orchestra or I sang in the choir, depending on what was going on at that time. I played my guitar, my bass, and uh, I can remember doing that for several years. And 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 one Sunday evening I was at home in the garage, and I don't know if we didn't meet or if I had chosen a different route. I I, I believe I had a job where every third Sunday I had to work, okay? Uh, and again, this is a very interesting way we delineate that, missing work because, quote, unquote, you have to or choosing to miss work or choosing to have the job. And I'll come back to you in a minute, Bill. Anyway, I can remember a kid riding by the front of my house on his bicycle about 6 o'clock, and he says, aren't you supposed to be in church? I right. didn't know the kid. I didn't know him, guys. I, I, I didn't. I, I was just shocked. I mean, it, whether he's a Christian or not, I don't know. But we were talking about that. We're on display. Everybody watches right. us. And then, Bill, you, Bill, you shared in the class several times something that's really, really good. And that's simply, you had a good job offer to take, and you would have to miss church. Every once in a while, remember way back there when you shared. Uh, oh yeah. And well, no, I, I was. Uh, I was, Tell a us about that. Fire, I was manager of a Firestone. It was a job I liked. It was a job I liked. Was good at it. And they, I, they, I, I had a, a non-performing store. Well, they assign you the store. So guess who got it to me? You know, my right. boss. And uh, because it was non-performing, they were going to make me work seven days a week. And and like I, I told them, I go, I, I go to church. I've gone to church my whole life. And uh, so this is just my two weeks. And I just said, it just kind of came out. And uh, the guy goes, ah, you know, you don't have to be so hasty. I said, well, I mean, that's kind of the way it is. I went to my ABF and I told the story and the, 
What's IDF well, again, I, Bill? What's IDF? I, I was in uh, a Sunday school class, right? Adult yeah. Bible Fellowship, and right, uh, right. one of the guy goes, goes, "Hey, dude, we're looking for a salesman. You ever sold computers?" I go, "No," <laughs> and I got in the computer business that way. But I mean, you're absolutely right. You'll uh, there will be a way, but the the thing about it is, honestly, I, I think it's the discipline. I, I really think that. Uh, yeah, mentors can do uh, a certain amount for you. They can they can kind of uh, uh, lighten the way, the path for you to take, but they can't look at it for you. They can't they can't travel the path for you. You've got to travel it. Um, I just I saw the way my uh, my dad and my grandpa they were believers and. Yeah, I mean, their life wasn't easy, but what, how they approached life was, was a nice approach. And that's, it just convinced me that, you know, it might not make your uh, life ne different necessarily, but it will, it will make your attitude markedly different. And uh, that'll make a huge difference in your life. Yeah. Citizenship. We were talking about that, and I, I remember uh, when I, I mentioned that a little earlier. When I when I accepted Christ, I never thought. I, I knew there was a separate life I would walk whenever I followed Christ, and and you just you aim for that. You uh, attend church. You you meet with your fellow Christians, and uh, uh, most of the time, you study the Bible. You pray. That was automatic to me. I just said I knew what I was supposed to do. I never thought of it as a dual citizenship, which we are addressing today in Paul. Paul really gets into this, and our author gets into this. He says, really, he says, our citizenship is on earth is temporary. I mean, it's not even temporary. It's like a vapor, right, guys? It's gone so fast for us. Right. Uh, I'm 69, and I mean, when you reach 60, it goes ultra fast. It's like lightning. And so our life really is, when you, the older you get, it's like a vapor. And, and my citizenship really is not here. This is a temporary life. The citizenship is what I've been living my life for since I accepted Christ. And I've just never thought of it that way until we mentioned, until we talked about it now, guys. And that's simple. We have a dual citizenship, but really not. We have a permanent citizenship in heaven and a temporary one here. Bill? Excellent. Uh, Steve Titch. Well, yeah. The, the, the difficult thing is that ultimately you run into conflict, um, as uh, Robert was saying, and uh, you, you want to work in the world, but at times there's going to be a point where you have to draw the line. And for different Christians, the line is different places, but nonetheless, it, it, it's it, in your case, Bill, it was with working on Sundays. Uh, all Sundays, it sounds like that. And these aren't necessarily the big grandiose ethical questions. They're, they come down to things like work, you know, to working on Sundays, to uh, what, uh, what, you're, what you're asked to do in your job. Um, and that's the, other, that's the other side of the coin. How are you going to be watched there? And at times, you're going to have to go against the cultural stream. Uh, of everybody else. Uh, you know, you want to go along to get along, uh, but you have to, at, at some point, follow, you know, your, 
your citizenship in heaven, kind of understanding that it's all temporal here. And even if there's some, some price to pay, you're, you're going to have to be willing to pay it. It, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about uh, a few weeks ago as to uh, when, you, when it's going to be time to assert your belief. Many times we have, to, we have to make that decision and it can cost us friendships. It could cost us work. And well, I, if we come back from gr- the break, we can have a little bit of a game <laughs> on this. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> and we and and we will. So we're going to continue on with this discussion. Podcast number one ninety six, Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. We will be right back. You're listening to the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. It's brought to you by Man Up Media. I'm Pastor Chris Busher, and hey, I know these guys. Their podcast is gritty, authentic, and unexpectedly funny. You can find them on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Facebook, under Man Up, and all other podcasts are archived on SoundCloud and now even on Pray.com app. They're not pastors, but they're very reliable, regular guys, and that's why their No Church Answers tour movement is growing so fast. So for The Uncommon Man by Equally Uncommon Men, contact Man Up at www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. And now back to the podcast and fellows of Man Up. And welcome back to this Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. Podcast number 196. We're talking about uh, Paul. And this is in the letter to the Philippians. In the world, but not of the world. And uh, I'm going to go back and uh, bring in uh, producer Steve Titch. Yeah, I think. Are, are you ready for the game for us to uh, play? Yeah, so, well, truth we'll, or consequences. Well, uh, truth or consequences. I'll throw out a scenario. I, what really one of to, to kind of preface what I was saying or, or follow up on what I was saying. One of the difficulties of being a Christian is that ultimately your beliefs and commitments will come into conflict with the world's own values. But at the same time, you know, we're a religion of tra- of transformation, as you said, of reconciliation. We're called to be right. peacemakers. And, and sometimes we Christians, especially in America, are all too ready to engage in fighting. And, uh, you know, instead of, instead of forgiveness and reconciliation, it's assertiveness, aggressiveness. So I'm going to throw out a couple of things that may, a few things here that may happen. And, and there might necessarily be right answers to them, but they're, they're kind of going to raise that issue of being in the world and of the world. And I'll start with, a, with an easy one. Right. Um, one of your best friends from church, maybe one of your best friends from your, your favorite podcast, He's a co-leader in your Sunday school class. You've known him, his wife. You've traveled with them. You know their family for years. And one day he up and calls you and says, if my wife asks, say you and I were at the ball game last Saturday night, and the less you know, the better. What do you do? I don't take that call. No, you, you've, you've taken the call. <laughs> you already got it, Bill. You can get out of the penny. <laughs> no, you're right. No. Hey, I, uh, I, I absolutely, I, the reason why I don't lie, my memory is horrible. <laughs> and I cannot, I would not be able to keep them straight. And uh, you could say I don't remember. And so I'm, I, I'd be terrible. I, I'm not good at lying for myself. 
I'm, I'd be terrible at lying for someone else. So you might want to pick someone else. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I agree. See, uh, uh, Bill, I, I, uh, there's not a, there's not even a, a second thought behind that. Um, if, if you did say that he was with you instead of gamer wherever he went, oh. you would uh, you would eventually get back to her, and then you would be an enemy for life, and it'd be uh, for not telling the truth. I, I I don't think that's one of those things you could you could fudge, Bill. So, uh, pardon me, uh, Steve. So, what's your next question? Well, I, I'm gonna throw Rowan. I I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the guy who always uh, I I I I probably will once. Don't ask me to do it again. And I'd really want to know what we're talking about. That that could have oh. a lot, you know. He's, he's oh, I'm not going to tell you unless you know the better. No, my did you did you like just go out and get plastered, wasted, and and drive or home drunk and get lucky, or or you know buy a motorcycle, or or were you were right. you know were you having a dalliance, you know, uh, were you were you breaking your marriage vows? This is a, uh, uh, but you know you get the, the guys. The issue is loyalty, so. Uh, Steve, no, real quick. You got a good point. Well, so say, now you guys know who you can rely on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. One of the things, if, she, if he was out buying an anniversary wedding present for his wife, anniversary present, I might could say that as long as I know he's going to reveal the answer to her. You so that's a good a, point. A limited Steve, time frame, though, to, to deduct the call. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay, next one. All right. Uh, Rob, by the way, Robert is Robert is seeing to a pet cat. I Kyle Trahan would have done it for him. <laughs> okay, you have to vote what yeah. Kyle would. Have. You, yeah. want to, you want to answer for <laughs> okay. Kyle? Yeah. Right. Okay. All right. You are you are a generous supporter of the local food bank, both in terms of times, time, and money. You give a hundred to one hundred fifty dollars a month, which is about twelve hundred to eighteen hundred a year. Uh, your your area churches, including your own, support the food bank, but it is not a Christian organization, nonprofit, but but uh, non-denominational, non-religious. It has hired a new executive director who has an impressive management record and will likely do very well in the position in terms of making sure you know the food and making sure it gets to where it's going. But she is not Christian. And she is vocally pro-choice. Do you stop giving and stop volunteering? Do you encourage your church to stop supporting it as well because of this hire? I vote with my dollars. And my dollars are not only green, but the dollars is the value of my time. Now, uh, I can't say that the hire of that person would all of a sudden turn me sour on the mission of the nonprofit that she is the head of. However, that's a brand new equation for me. And if I, and if I feel that, uh, that her values are creeping in to the point to where, um, I feel it interferes with my particular values. I do not have a problem pulling my time and money and going to another nonprofit that aligns with me better. I, I, and, and, and I don't think anybody should apologize for that either. Uh, 
because that's that's your time and your talents. So um, I wouldn't necessarily do it immediately, uh, but it'd be on the table. Yeah, I, I think uh, absolutely weigh it because uh, if this particular food bank or, or location is directly supporting, uh, if, for instance, Bill, you mentioned before the homeless, and you know that they're doing it and they're doing a very good job of it and it's not going to stop, then, then, then you would check with other charitable organizations to see if they're doing better or, or using the money you would provide more efficiently or more effectively. They're, they're not going to do that. This, this is only the question of the beliefs of the executive director. Oh, you're, you're honorary, Steve. <laughs> okay. All right. This is All not, right. she no. does not. In fact, if anything, in the six months she's come on, the, the donations have gone up and the food is more efficient and it's getting to more hungry people. Yeah, well, okay. In that case, uh, it's, it's like I work for an organization. Uh, you work for an organization, the top dog pays you mm -hmm. very decent money and he's not a Christian. Uh, would you quit the job because of that? I don't think so. No, I, 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 that's a very good additional statement you made, Steve. Yes, if, if they're still doing what they're supposed to do and, and reaching the people the Bible tells us that they need to reach, uh, that's what I'd be concerned about, the, the bottom line. Are they fulfilling their obligation that they stated they were going to do, and are they still making that obligation? If they're making that, then, and, and if that is still in line with what we believe as Christians, then you move forward with that. That's what I would say. I, the, I, I'm supporting the mission, not one person. And I think you raised it. I mean, you, you can't, they never, they never positioned themselves or presented themselves as a Christian organization. They presented themselves as a food bank and their, their mission is to feed the poor. They're not even involved in the issue, whether or not, you know, whether or not the leaders or the directors politics or beliefs are 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 different so to me yes to me it makes no to me it wouldn't change yeah, uh the right. fact that 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 i i my time or my the money i'm giving uh we're, we're playing we're playing in the world and of the world robert so so you're, you're <laughs> time for, for this is this is a fun one because it's it uh, hey, robert i just want to let you know robert you're behind <laughs> you're, yeah you're, i live behind it's okay you're you're like, he, he isn't behind yeah, behind yeah 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 you lost the first two questions okay okay yeah, All but right. kyle kyle's worst kyle's doing worse yeah. okay the children's program is planning an outing for lunch at Chick-fil-A, of course. And then they're going to see the latest. Uh, or we know they're not going on Sunday. Yes, yes, it's a Saturday. <laughs> Chick-fil-A. Then, then they're going to see the latest Pixar movie. Now, while everyone in the church agrees that the Pixar movie itself is okay for children, a couple of parents have raised the issue that Pixar is a Disney company. And Disney provides same-sex benefits for domestic partnerships and same-sex marriages, employee benefits for domestic partnerships. They say that a Christian church, by funding this outing, is tacitly supporting these practices, which they see as antithetical to the gospel. Other church members don't really see this as a problem. Whose side do you take and why? So since I was behind, I'll, I'll go first on this one. Thank you, Robert. Um, we're not Benedicts. 
I mean, there, Steve, Steve and I have been talking about the Benedictine option, which is we pull out as Christians completely away from the culture, and we live to ourselves, and we go to Christian churches, and we go to Christian coffee houses, and the only restaurants we go to are Christian, and the only movies we see are Christian, and the only this we see is Christian, and we go to a Christian workout place, and you know we send our kids to a Christian school, and then we talked about a couple – Last podcast, we talked about some of the faults of that and how that can be a problem. If we're not going to totally isolate ourselves, then do we pick and choose? Yes. So we're going to see a Pixar movie. I've seen pretty much every Pixar movie um, from Toy Story on down to um, Cars, The Incredibles, Soul. all of those. Came out. Um, don't. This is one of those. Seriously, I got bigger battles to fight for my faith. Is kind of the, the the place I land on that, because so Pixar is owned by Disney, who happens to provide uh, same sex marriage benefits. That's so head. That's so many. How many angels can I put on the pin of a head of a needle? That why am I even? If if you're worried about that as a Christian. I'm going to really question what what are you doing with your life to spread the gospel besides sitting there saying, well, this is wrong and that's wrong and we can't do that. And I mean, seriously, what are you doing to spread the gospel and show love to people? Because to, to find that out, I guarantee you, you at least had to go look through Disney's corporate website. <laughs> and that's a, and, and that's a pretty that's a, that can be a deep dive <laughs> to find that information in corporate websites. Well, all I can say is if that kind of thing is going to bug you, you're going to be a lonely person. That's true. Um, so, so, not, so knock yourself out. And if there's parents that are offended, your child does not have to go. Um, until we start making all of our own content, uh, I'm I'm not, I'm not really into that. I mean, I, I think uh, just like a professor said, if you had to dig that far to find something to offend you, um, you're probably going to be offended a lot <laughs> and you are going to do much. So uh, yeah, I, I, I say, if you, I, I say, if you're offended, uh, don't let your child go. But as far as the church, uh, let him go. Yeah, for the most part, the Disney movies, uh, I, I do like the Pixar movies. They uh, they promote good morals, good ethics, um, good humor. If you all have watched them, obviously you've seen some of them. Um, just about everything around us, and I think Steve has mentioned this before, um, There there's a lot of the, the same sex or same uh, whatever, uh, uh, morals coming into everywhere we go every in work i mean there's you're going to find a little bit of that everywhere so bill yes i'm with you uh and and robert with you yeah i i, I don't be looking for little things that sting you because you can find them in everything even in the church right so don't don't be looking for things that uh that, we're, that we're, are small I, I i think we're all pretty much in agreement on this um in part i mean on the other side they call it virtue signaling I mean, are you are you going to quit your job because your employer might offer domestic partnership 
exactly. benefits. Where right, Paul, Paul asks us to kind of respect the laws. And in many cases, now it's the law. Uh, and Disney and everyone else must follow it. Uh, actually, I was looking it up and Chick-fil-A actually in some markets, some areas, I'm not sure which, does offer domestic partnership benefits, probably because that's the way they can hire people. It's now a, a, a competitive business out there. Uh, and yeah, and the, the Pixar movies, the movie content outweighs that. I mean, we can look at, they, they meet mm -hmm. all standards of what is beautiful, what promotes it. So I got one more. This is a difficult one. It's a little dramatic, but, and, and, and it probably won't happen to any of us or any of our kids, I'm sure. But I know that it happens at churches. And I know that there are especially wealthy Christians who have to wrestle with this. So it's a dramatic one. And let's, let's remember this is about being of the world, being in the world, but not of the world. And, and this is right up your alley, because uh, Mike, because it's a legal issue. Uh -oh. Your teenage son and two other boys are arrested at school and charged with illegal possession of Adderall, a class two prescription drug with intent to sell. Kids in high school use this stuff to get through their exams, to get through the, the last couple of weeks. Uh, it's a known, it's a well-known open secret. Now, under federal sentencing guidelines, a person convicted of selling or attempting to sell amphetamines may face five to 20 years in prison, a $250,000 to $5 million fine. Now you, because you were a wealthy Christian, have the means to afford a good criminal defense attorney. Your attorney rushes in and quickly negotiates a deal for a $10,000 fine and 100 hours of community service for your son if he implicates the other two boys who put him up to it. The other boys will likely see jail time. You know all three are equally guilty, but you also know, as your attorney tells you, this is how the system works. They get theirs, you get yours. So what do you do? How do you deal with this? And how do you approach your family with your decision? So I would tell, I would tell I, I, the be, other two be, families. Before he jumps in there, I, I just want to say that when Steve said, put him up to it, he was using air quotes. So <laughs> it's very obvious that this was a, this is a planted confession. <laughs> Continue, Mike. I'm sorry. I just no, no, Robert. Robert, the first thing I would tell the other two parents to do was be to hire their attorney. No, but no, no. Here's the basis for me. Period. And 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 I'm a lot different than a lot of the attorneys. And that's simply, we are supposed to be. Um, it's gone back in time. Attorneys are supposed to represent their clients and give them a fair trial. What fair trial has changed now is can you bribe somebody? I, I, I hate to say that in a lot of cases. Can you bribe somebody? Can you persuade somebody? Can you use uh, methods that can you push it through the system right. quickly? Yeah. <laughs> well, as, as long I, I I I would I would like to see my son go through a lot of community service, like you mm -hmm. said, and, and some classes um, because I'm a wealthy lawyer. Uh, does does he get a better deal than the other two? 
it, I, I don't think he should implicate the other two in a manner that makes them look guilty and him not. I think that's lying. I think that's deception. Uh, I think it should be open and honest and before. And I don't, and if I, whatever attorney I'd hire, we, uh, I mentioned that earlier, Ruster Harden and Joe Jamail or someone like that, well, I, I would have missed them. Those are two other ones I know. I would not, I would not like them to do anything underhanded or deceptive, number one. Number two, I would like uh, like my son to get a fair trial. If, if the district attorney offers this set of rules, for him to 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 uh, to lie and blame the other people, I I I think I would be opposed to that. But thank you for asking that. I would pay whatever I had to, but I absolutely would not al allow my child to lie. Just, you got caught. You were being deceitful to begin with, and to lie again is not going to help and uh squirk out the best deal you can All right, there so, you go there you I, go son I, I i tend to agree with the other guys but so i'm going to talk about the other side of this um sitting down and trying to explain it to mom because Good, that's I, where the that that's where i think the rubber is going to meet the road on this so to speak right um, because as guys, you know, I, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm with Bill and man up, you know, it's, it's a warm water of canteen and an MRE get out there. <laughs> you right. know, mom is going to make sure the canteen was chilled to exactly 72 degrees. And, you know, and, and the MRE is going to be a gourmet MRE with the self heating pack that I break up to heat it up for him. You know, and oh, by the water, here's, by the way, here's your sunscreen and your hat and, and here's two extra water bottles for you in case you get thirsty. It, it, so this is one where, you know, we talk a lot about in churches when you're in, when you're in single groups, you hear a lot about don't be unequally yoked. And it, it's truly when most people talk about it, they talk about it being should a Christian and non-Christian be married together? In particular, if they're both in the faith before, you know, you marry, do you intentionally marry a non-Christian? I think there's more to it than that. I think sitting there and talking out so that you and your spouse are on the same page from a faith perspective, so that you're on the same page when you're dealing with these issues is where it, where it becomes more difficult. Because I think you, at this point, you almost have to take the man leadership role and say, honey, we need to teach him a lesson because if we don't teach him a lesson here, and, and this is part of the reason why I would be totally against the whole negotiation and throw the other kids under the bus. He's going to learn if he gets caught, that's what he does the next time to do it. Oh, I just, I just, I just need to make sure I have gullible accomplices is what it boils down to. Right. Right. You know, and so teaching them, but trying to sit there and have that. And, and I'll be honest, it's going to be a hard discussion with you and your spouse. I, I'm glad you brought the spouse part up. I'm, I'm going to go against the grain here and really try to be as honest as possible. I, I take the deal, but I do understand that I am sinning. I have sinned by doing this. I've used my financial power and social standing to allow my son to escape dire consequences. He's getting grace 
but it's he's but the reason I'm not letting him go to jail. That's it's simply that's a non-starter. If 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 jail is on the table uh, in any other settlement, no. Now, what do I try to do as a Christian? Um, I first and this is I know I'm being kind of easy here, but I first of all I don't pat myself on the back at how clever I am, how I'm using the the systems working for me. I realize yes, this is what I'm doing is is you know. King David here, uh, using using enough power to, to fix something my own way. I could try to pay for the other boys' attorneys or try to make sure they get the best outcome possible if their families are going to talk to me after that or try to do the best I can to, to make sure they, they are represented as well and do not, do not have the book thrown at them, so to speak. Uh, and I do try to support them during and after their jail sentence. Uh, try to be there for them when they get out. Maybe they get a few years. Uh, try to get them a job if if that's possible. There's going to be enmity there. Um, it's going to and it, yes, it's it, so. But I'm I'm the one who says yeah. I go. I do the deal, um, and it's it's wrong. Um, and uh, but I I'm trying to be honest here. I I don't think I could watch it, and I don't think I don't think my, my spouse would forgive me if I didn't. Let me uh, address one thing real quick, guys. I know, but will you sit through, Steve? Did I interrupt you? I apologize. I'm done. I'm done. That's all. No more okay. scenarios. Okay. That's well, <laughs> when, when I first started with the city prosecuting, mm -hmm. they had a docket for juveniles, and they still have a docket for juveniles. Mm -hmm. And I remember uh, the um, going into the juvenile docket. Now, this is not much, folks. This is driving a car, but I remember uh, a number of the juveniles getting tickets either for speeding, no driver's license. Um, right, having a car wreck, whatever it was. And I remember walking up to the front and uh, um, at this time I called up an individual. And of course, a parent has to come with a juvenile, juvenile being under 17 years old. And uh, uh, the parent had to come up, the dad came up with his son and, uh, and, and I gave the charge to the judge. And I said, I do not have an officer. I cannot proceed with the trial on this. And the dad interrupts, or the, the, the judge did not make a comment yet. Dad says, see, I told you you'd get off the hook. The police officers don't, don't come. He said this loud enough for the entire courtroom. Don't diss the court. To, to, to hear. So, so right. I mean, Bill, and what we're talking about, you know, what, what do you want to represent? It, it, and, and to me, that's going to come back and bite him later, which is what you said, because then he's going to look for an opportunity again to get out of it. And, and that's what, that was the talk on the street and it's still in talk on the streets with many, many, many cases. And that's simply show up for court and many of the police officers will not show up for court. Anyway. Uh, Excellent. Have a, I have a quick question for Steve. So you don't let him do jail time. Do you exact? Yes. Okay. Yes, there are consequences <laughs> at home. There are serious yeah. consequences. And, you know, he will get the community service and he will serve that community service and probably much more that the court does not necessarily mandate, but that I do. Mom, mom and dad's <laughs> community service. And, <laughs> and with that, we're getting down to the end of podcast number 196. Go around the room for uh, one final takeaway from the fellas and uh, start with Professor. Yeah, this really is about how do we live in the, how do we live in this world while not conforming to it as we, as we move through and look towards the end here and our author actually made a point about dehumanization and 
he said that one of the ways that one of the things we need to do is unplug and then purposely engage with people of different perspectives, you know, and I think that's one thing we're missing as Christians right now is the ability to engage with people from a different perspective and at the same time, avoiding the temptation to fix them, you know, to actually listen to what they're doing and doing and following through with that. And then finally, <clears throat> evaluating our own social media use. You know, I, I had to, at certain points in the past year, I have had to almost chop my thumbs off to keep myself from replying to things, you know, and, right. and not wanting to engage in that. And so I, I think that's just some tips, you know, as we're looking forward to it you know, some ways to kind of think. And, and I do, I'm, you know, I, I will say from the beginning here, I, we have to live in this world somehow. We, we have to find a way to live in it without conforming to it. And by the way, living in it does not mean as Christians, we go out and politically try to change everything to match our exact worldview. I think we can vote our worldview. And I think we should, but I don't think we should be trying to change all of society to match our worldview through political action. The only way we're going to change anything about all this is to change people in their hearts and change their hearts into the faith. And that's the only way we're going to move forward as a country. Excellent. Michael Cropper, a takeaway from you. Yes, Bill. Um, we've looked in the past, pod, uh, pardon me, we've, we've spoken in the past podcast about Judaizers and people who want to make Christians uh, at that time back in the, in the New Testament with Paul, they want to make them conform to the law at that time and, and be uh, follow the law and also be circumcised. And, and one of the reasons Paul has said and Jesus said the law was so hard to follow or so hard to do was because it pointed out what you're supposed to do. And you cannot conform to that 1% you're going to stumble, you're going to fall. And that's why Christ came here so that we, we would uh, live in the Holy Spirit. Well, I, I, I want to tell you folks, we're Christians. We stumble and fall too. The difference between us is we have the Holy Spirit. So, so the, the imperfections that the law brought, and we also have imperfections ourselves too as Christians. And the author states, uh, uh, the, the world is going to see this. It's not whether we stumble and fall, whether we make mistakes. It's whether or not we acknowledge our mistakes, whether or not we confess our mistakes, whether or not we repent our mistakes for our mistakes and strive to live apart from ongoing entangling of sin. As I mentioned earlier, I was home from church on a Sunday night, and this little boy drove by and said, "Mr. Crop, he didn't say Mr. Crop, he just says, aren't you supposed to be at church? You go every Sunday night. I should have taken the opportunity and said, look, I couldn't, I don't remember what the case was, whether I had to work that evening or whatever it was, but I should have taken a moment and said, hey, look, you're right. Usually I'm there, and this time, this is a reason I wasn't there, and explain it to him. Bill? Excellent. Uh, a final takeaway from you, uh, Steve Titch. Yeah, so, well, as Paul said, we're citizens of heaven, but we're living here in this world. So what, what are those types of people? We're, we're diplomats, ambassadors. 
we we are we are working in our in the interest of our own our own world heaven and saving our souls but we are we are operating abroad so sometimes we have to be diplomats sometimes we have to be secret agents sometimes we have to uh work toward um uh, dare i say subverting the the uh common order of things but really at the end of the day we're doing it as as healers and reconciliators not as dividers excellent and with this uh i was just wanted to to say you know we don't run into those worldly challenges uh that often it's only every once in a while and that when you're living in the world that you have those important moments and i think the the further along in your faith the more important you'll be able to identify those moments and the more important those moments will be all i wanted to add to this discussion uh, approach those moments faithfully and soberly so and with that this is man up spiritual oasis for men uh on behalf of our our producer mr steve titch michael cropper robert koshu Somewhere uh, on the road, Kyle Trahan. Uh, my name is Bill Cox, and we're on the No Church Answers Tour. So check out our new uh, YouTube channel. And whether you found us on Facebook, SoundCloud, where we archive all of our podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or Pray.com. If you have a question or comment, you can go to our Facebook page or www.man-upspiritualoasis.com, our website, and you can post it there. And if you're still in quarantine and unable to attend a church, check out Sugarland Baptist Church streaming service. It is on sugarlandbaptist.org. It starts Sundays at 945. And when that quarantine is over, and I think we're getting really close to the end, we encourage each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go and find a small group, ABF, Adult Bible Fellowship, or, or Sunday School class that you can join for weekly deep discussions like this and find one that is men only. And if there is one, start one. This is Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flame through to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.